When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Monday, October 25th. We are pretty much past the midpoint of the college football season, but it's Monday and it's time to talk SEC football. This is Football and Grits. Thanks for listening. I am your host, David Ubbin. As always, joined by my co-host, Andy Staples, who will not be drinking a Redneck Bloody Mary this weekend, uh, a mixture of whatever liquor, whatever hard liquor and, and ketchup will not be happening, but his co-host, Ari Wasserman, of course, choosing tequila and mustard which will be on friday's show this is my current favorite bit that is going on on our entire podcast network just for the record andy oh well i mean listen me betting on pit and losing is something that that really kind of launched us and then i was and now with me you on, on the pit, pit this week yeah <laughs> i know so. the clemson mystique hasn't totally worn off but i've decided to sell all my clemson stock about oh, three oh, weeks yeah. ago and just say yeah. this is who we are seeing every week there's not going to be some, you know, every week, you know, if you guys re- read Mike check on The Athletic, uh, our roundup of the quotes, I think Dabo's been in there three or four times. Like, well, it's going to click. We're going to make it work. We're going to – one thing's going to happen, and then we're going to look like old Clemson again. It's not happening. It, it, I, maybe they can fix it in the off season. It's not happening this year. It's just not. No, um, and I've, 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 I've come to grips with that. I came to grips with it last yeah. week, which is why I picked Pitt in a situation where – I would normally never do that. So, uh, you, I you think told me it was when I watched the whole the whole Syracuse game was I think when I officially yeah, was out on Clemson. that that was that was a, a hard watch. That was a that was a rough Friday night. But uh, listen, that's fun. That's a fun Friday night for me. So that's when you're yeah you know forty something father of two that that qualifies as an entertaining <laughs> Friday night. So, David, you you mentioned you might have a new uh, oh a new I do punishment for me or Ari when when next we lose. I have a new punishment, and it's it's different because you're not going to eat one gross thing. You're not going to eat any gross things, Andy. Okay, I like I like this. But for one week, mm-hmm. you are only allowed to eat two substances. And when I tell you the first one, you'll know what the second one is. Okay. The first item that you are only allowed to eat from the start of one college football week, that Saturday at noon, okay. until the beginning of the next Saturday at noon, the first item you are allowed to consume is Bourbon Street Steak. <laughs> it's Oreo the shake. Second, <laughs> the, the second item you are allowed to consume is an Oreo shake. That is all you can eat for one week. My my local Applebee's would be very familiar with me at that point. Like, oh, you're <laughs> you're back for today's Bourbon Street steak and Oreo shake. Congratulations. That's a not a we bad. Can, that's listen, a great idea. If we if we want to negotiate a natty and a styrofoam uh, cup, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's my that's my proposal can, for the. Can next I make punishment. it Natter Days? I mean, that is a natural light product because I'm a big I'll Natter Days fan. I'll give you okay. that. I've had that a couple times. It's okay. Well, so that's my suggestion. So 
what we're going to do, and, and th- this bet actually happened this past week. We're not going to do it yet. Ari lost. Uh, we did Oregon-UCLA, and he took UCLA and I took Oregon. And the loser has to fast for 24 hours. And so what we're going to do, though, is you remember last year I lost the bet and I had to try to eat 100 nuggets in an hour. And we, we mm-hmm. did a charity thing where you, you donate per nugget. So what we're going to do is get as we get closer to Thanksgiving, we're going to have the week before Thanksgiving, we're going to have Ari fast and the listeners can can pledge, you know, dollars per hour he fasts or they can they can just do a, a set amount we're going to do uh the, the charity we've chosen is feeding america so it's I like it it's going to be fun uh he he picked ucla i said oregon will try to give it away but they won't and sure enough <laughs> they did not so there you go there you go uh well that's good i'm looking forward to the next one uh that is my submission i hope it uh, i hope it is selected uh, hopefully, uh, you both live close enough to an Applebee's. Maybe you have to stock up, get the freezer da- going. Da- David, I have a brand new Applebee's about <laughs> five miles from my house. It is not an Ari's issue. in Dallas. He's yeah. in Dallas. There's, I don't, I don't yeah. know where all the Applebee's are in Dallas, but they're around. The they're Applebee's around. is a mile from my kid's school, so I am pretty much near there every day. So, so we're rooting we're rooting for Andy to lose for for uh for function's sake. Uh, well, I but well, I'm, Andy, I'm count I'm counting calories, so that's going to be tough cuz like one Bourbon Street shake and one or one Bourbon Street steak and one Oreo shake is my calories for a day. That is all I would be allowed to eat. <laughs> well, by the end of the week, you're just fasting out of necessity because you can't take any more of the Oreo shake. I'm I'm all natter days by the end of the week. <laughs> Well, I look forward to, to you guys sorting that out at some point. Um, Andy, speaking of uh, Natterday, sort of, the cocktail party is upon us uh, this week. Uh, I don't know that if uh, Ari is bringing tequila and mustard shots around to the cocktail party that, that people are going to be welcoming him if he's in Jacksonville. But George's defense will be there. Um, this is an interesting ball game looking ahead. Um, a lot of good football this weekend, but we'll start there. We haven't seen anybody, you know, Georgia, obviously the, the Clemson game was kind of the closest call that they've had. Nobody's pushed them. Mm-hmm. Outside of Anthony Richardson starts and has a breakout game, is there a path to Florida pushing Georgia in this game? Going into the fourth quarter, a one-possession ball game. Well, you did see Emory Jones lead Florida in, in a game where they lost by two to Alabama. So I, I do think... It's possible, but I, I think Anthony Richardson gives you a lot better chance. If you're going to have mm-hmm. any success against Georgia's defense, the more dynamic quarterback is probably the way to go. And I think if you watch that LSU game, it was very clear LSU's defense was much more worried about Anthony Richardson taking off and running, and that opened up a lot in the passing game for them. Now, here's the bigger problem for Florida. Those 14 counters in a row or whatever it was that LSU ran – Georgia can run those two except better. Like, yes. Georgia has better, better offensive linemen. Better execution. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it should scare Florida a lot that Ole Miss just shut down LSU because whatever was working against Florida was not working against Ole Miss. I think that's a talent thing, and, and I'm worried for Florida that they're just not going to be able to stop. Like, Georgia's going to be able to mush, and mush is the verb we use on this feed for what Georgia does to teams, but Georgia's going to be able to mush them over and over and over again and just control the clock. Like, yeah, it, you can get 
you can get Anthony Richardson or Emory Jones or whoever plays quarterback for Florida really out of rhythm if you don't give them the ball very often. And that's something if Florida does not clean this up and it, and I know everybody in Gainesville screaming about Todd Grantham, do this, do that. There's nothing you can call when all of your players lose their one-on-one matchups, when every single yeah. one loses the one-on-one matchup, no defense you call will work. And so that was the issue against LSU. And it wasn't every play. It wasn't all 11, but it was most of the front seven in, in those situations in the, in the second half when they couldn't stop them. So Georgia has a distinct talent advantage in this game. That is the part I would be afraid of. So the, the Florida players who I think will decide that, hey, this is really important, so we're going to really get up for this game and, and put all our mental eggs in this basket, they're going to have to win some one-on-one matchups or this game won't be close. I think Georgia – I think the secret about Georgia right now is their secondary is, is merely above average. It's, it's right. good. The front but seven they, is They don't have to cover for very long. And yeah. so that's the thing. If you, can, if you can figure out a way to try and exploit the back end of the defense, which is – I use the word exploit liberally, but that's where you have a much better chance to succeed if you can make some plays downfield. But you can only call what you can, what you can block, and right. Georgia's front seven – limits what you can block so you're saying because you're saying if they this, try to bring six it's over the six four 240 pound dude with the rocket <laughs> arm who runs really fast might have a better chance of staying upright and squeezing off that throw it's possible. than the other guy okay. exactly exactly uh so if there's a chance for florida it's that if you can give him enough time to let him try to make get, get some receivers downfield and let them make some plays or run by some people that's that's the path Listen, Florida, Florida's offensive line has played well this season. Like that, that has it doesn't not matter. Been a I just, it's true. I, I just don't think it matters. I, I think they can give him enough time to make some plays downfield, but you're not going to be able to run the ball and have these, you know, twelve play, seventy five drive. That, that, that's that's not going to happen against this defense. You're going to have to. You can hit some twenty, thirty yard chunk plays when you get in the red zone. Take advantage. I mean, Florida needs not everything to go right, but you need a bunch of things to go right. Make some plays down the field. Hit a big one win the turnover battle, and, and they can keep it competitive. I think that's the path. It is a narrow path, Andy, but it, there, there's a path it's, there. It's a narrow uh, path, and the other part of it that, that makes it probably tougher mentally for, for everybody involved is that it, it also doesn't change anything about the East race. No. It, mm-hmm. Georgia's going to Atlanta. Like, that's going to happen. So whether they win or lose this game, they're going to Atlanta. And so I don't know. Does that make Georgia not care, or does that make Georgia go? We got nothing to lose. You remember Florida put it on them last year, and this was it was kind of a perfect storm of circumstances where Florida has this historic offense. Now Kyle Pitts got hurt in that game, but Kyle Pitts did some special stuff before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Georgia Jordan Davis is out. Uh, Monty Monty Rice was playing on one foot trying to cover wheel routes, and that didn't work very well. And you know, the, Georgia just didn't have what makes them special on defense for the most part for most of that game. And then Stetson Bennett got hurt early in the game. And so their offense just sort of fell apart. I don't think that happens again. You know, that's not, that's not what's going to happen this year. They're deep enough defensively that if if somebody gets dinged up, they're still going to be okay. And then from a, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, we don't even know who's going to play quarterback. It's it's weird. Both these teams have quarterback (laughs) controversy is not even the right word. I don't even think controversy is the right word for either program. But Just try to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Awkward situations. Cause that, 
you know, Kirby Smart's been interesting in how he's talked about Stetson Bennett this year. He's really pushed back hard on the idea that they need JT Daniels to win the national championship. And considering the health of the defense and the strength of the defense, he he might be right. I'm not sure Maybe 2020 into 2021. Yeah, 2020 and 2021, yeah, are different years. So he may be right about that. I think people see what happened to Stetson Bennett in some of the big games last year. And, and think it's going to be the same thing this year. He's better. The defense is better. So he might be right about that. But I still I mean, think Stet- Daniels Stetson is better Bennett's player. averaging 12 yards a throw. Yeah. He's not, not, really well. not a completion per attempt. So yeah. if he had enough attempts, that would make him second in the country. Yeah. As for who Georgia might be facing in Atlanta, Andy, I laid this out at the Athletic this week uh, in our SEC takeaways. Uh, Ole Miss's path to not only Atlanta, but the playoff, Andy, is not that crazy at all. Uh, Ole Miss has never won more than 10 games in a season, which was a very interesting idea. They're in the top 10 now. I think people sort of shrugged them off after the Alabama loss. Um, They hadn't played anybody to that point. It is what it is. But Ole Miss is sitting here, Andy, at 6-1. They are tied with Alabama at the top of the SEC West. They go to Auburn this week. Tough game. It's basically a pick em. But if Ole Miss wins that game, they have Liberty, who's been mildly disappointing this year. They host Texas A&M, who I'm not sure can score with them. Vanderbilt, and they go to Mississippi State for the Egg Bowl. Uh, they're going to be underdogs. I mean, they might be favored by game time on Saturday. We'll see how the line shifts. Either way, it's basically a pick em. If they win out, Andy, all they need is for Alabama to, trip to lose up. the Iron Bowl. <laughs> that's lose the Iron Bowl. Basically, that, that's the one they'd lose if if they were going to lose. And they'd one. get to it. They'd get to Atlanta, play for the SEC championship for the first time in school history, and then you know it's one game. It's sixty minutes. They could beat Georgia in theory. They have the best offense, probably capable of doing it. And Andy, then we're talking about playoff link. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. That's not the scenario I thought you were going to lay out. Let me lay out a what different scenario for you. What is the scenario, scenario you thought? Let's hear, Ole Miss, it. Let's hear it. Ole Miss wins out, but so does Alabama. Mm. Now that's and then, spicy. And, and, and then Alabama loses to Georgia in, in Atlanta. I'm. It's tough right now because we don't know how the committee views a lot of these teams. Week one, we'll get a sense of where the committee's at on all these teams. What do they think that, of Cincinnati? That, that's, does Cincinnati that's have a real chance? Yeah, that's 2017 Alabama. That what I just said yeah. is how 2017 Alabama, which won the national title, yeah. got in the playoff. But but it's not about brands. I think it's more about recruiting and eye test. The committee views Alabama differently than they do Ole Miss. They just do. Agreed. But to. if Ole Miss is 11 and one after going through this season, it, it will depend on everything. Like they would probably need Oregon to lose another game. They need a little if that scenario they need a little bit of help. They need they elsewhere. need a, a one or but two loss have, ACC they'd champ. be in the conversation. They'd be yeah. in the conversation. Uh the funniest playoff possible is, you know, a Cincy, Wake, Ole Miss, I guess Georgia, whoever would get in there. Uh a real uh, a real grab bag. I'd like to see that. But it, it, Ole Miss, I mean, this is again. This is a really they're on they're knocking on the door of a really special season and it starts on Saturday. They have to get by Auburn on the road, which is not easy. Auburn hasn't done a ton to necessarily turn heads. Uh, I think the Arkansas win was impressive. 
Um, but this is a game. I mean, I think Ole Miss is a better team here. They could lose this game, but well, it's just really interesting that if Ole Miss gets past this, that they don't need to do a whole lot of well, remember, special things to really Auburn, produce a big time season. Auburn holds the keys to a lot of different things. You know, if if they can lose to Ole Miss, lose to Texas A and M, and beat Alabama, then you got a really interesting situation. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, yeah. it, I, yeah. now I think Ole Miss goes in that scenario because Ole Miss would have beaten A and M, but or actually the the Texas A and M Ole Miss winner goes in that case. Whoever won that game would go in that case. Yeah. So. It, there, there's a lot of intrigue to be had because it doesn't uh, – and I think what we're looking at here is is this is us saying Alabama does not look like Alabama looked last year. They look – If know, they lose a game down the perfect. stretch, whether it's yeah. the Iron Bowl or something else, none of us are going to be floored. This is a exactly. very good Alabama team, but it's 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 not immortal. Yeah, it's not like, untouchable we're gonna, away by 30. We're going to predict them to be wire-to-wire national champs next year based on – what they'll bring back, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, exactly. But right now, uh, yeah, all of these scenarios seem plausible to me. The the mm-hmm. the two SEC team in the playoff scenario at this point does not seem as plausible because Alabama getting to Atlanta and beating Georgia as a one loss team just doesn't seem as plausible now. Although, I mean, let's be honest. Let's say Alabama gets better. There's no reason that can't happen either. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a fun last, uh, what, five weeks of the season? Uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait. There's a lot of scenarios out there. Wait, so you're saying if uh, more teams are, are potentially able to make the playoff, then more people are interested <laughs> and the season is more interesting? Wow, what a novel concept. If the playoff expands to 12, I will quit this job. I will never watch another college football game ever oh, again. Oh, yeah. I will erase anything I've ever written from any archive uh, wait, on I the thought, internet weren't you gonna, everywhere. Wait, weren't you going to do that? If NIL passed? Well, and the playoff, but that's different in general. I was oh, a big yeah. BCS guy, so... Uh, that's my that's my personal favorite. I, I had one guy the other day, I haven't watched college football all season to protest this NIL stuff. I go to his feed, it's all college football. I'm like, well, you're awfully well informed for somebody who doesn't watch college football. And Andy, if pay for play happens, I'm moving to Canada where they play hockey for the love of the game. That's, that's right. My plan. Don't they pay the juniors um, in Canada? No, they all work for free. Wayne Gretzky never made a cent. That's why he's the great oh, one. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Um, that's how it goes. Wait, um, how did how did they, how did they afford that hoity-toity private school that his kid was going to when he was with Matt Corral? Uh, they just donated. Okay, um, all right, just checking. They just gave him the. They gave him all that stuff. Did D- Dustin John Dustin Johnson helped out because he's like the the in law. Yeah, basically. Okay. There's more money in golf than in uh, than in hockey. Okay. Andy, we do need to talk about a game this weekend though involving Alabama. I wrote about it. Tennessee is a really interesting team because they're very competent. They, they they haven't done anything, but yet you watch them and you're like, this team does a lot of good things. Competent is a great, great adjective for them. Like very competent. Like they haven't done anything this whole season that makes you be like, oh, wow. But they did the last three years under Jeremy Pruitt, they did so many things that just made you shake your head that for them to just take care of business – they're, they beat the heck out of two bad teams in South Carolina and Missouri. They're probably going to do that to Vanderbilt. They're hanging with teams, even though the final scores didn't necessarily show it <clears throat> against Florida and uh, Alabama this weekend. 
That's a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, Andy, and then Alabama flipped the switch. What have you made of, of the Vols so far this season? I think Josh Heupel's done one of the best coaching jobs in the country this year. Given yeah, the circumstances that agree. he inherited, I mean, come on. And, and look, the, the Milton thing was a mistake. He, he's clearly not the better quarterback, but I understand why you might miss that in spring practice and, and, and in well, camp. That's that's hard because I mean I I was here. Well, Milton wasn't there in the spring, any, but but with Hooker, you wouldn't right. know about in the fall in fall camp. He yeah. was the best guy in practices. You can't. You oh know, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, it wasn't even close, really. But, but then you watch the games, and and if he's not performing in games, you have to do something else. That's, that's one, one of those you can't. It, Hooker. It, it, it's a situation where if the quarterbacks aren't live in practice, you may not notice the things that Hendon Hooker gives you. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but I don't think even any. I, I thought. So I, when when Hen Hooker came to Tennessee, uh, I, I thought a couple things um, because people forget he came really early last year, um, right after the season. Jeremy Pruitt had not been fired. Right. Um, they had a real log jam at quarterback. They were bringing in Caden Salter. You still had Harrison Bailey. You kind of knew. I think it was after uh, J.T. Shrout and uh, Jarek Garantano had left. But my thought was when he got there was one, this is really crowded, and two. Um, he's as good about as any quarterback in the, in the in the portal. I watched him at Virginia Tech last year. Really good player. I did not see even in this system, even if he'd won the job, Andy. He's third nationally in quarterback rating, right behind C.J. Stroud, yeah, Grayson he, McCall, ahead of Bryce Young. It is amazing. Seventeen touchdowns, two picks, uh, completing just under seventy percent of his passes. To say nothing of the rushing ability. It's 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 not that they're getting all these gigantic plays. He's getting some of them, but he's just operating the offense really well, and he is a guy that, I mean, he's been one of the surprise players in the country this year. On, um, I, I hesitate to call Tennessee a surprise team. I mean, because they haven't, like I said, they haven't really done anything, but you watch them and you're just amazed that they um, are as competitive as they are for as thin as they are. I, I've been impressed with them this year, um, and it's been – they're one of the more interesting teams to see or to watch. And I think, too, considering how unwatchable Tennessee football, even when they were winning games in 2019, has been, this is a remarkably watchable team. Uh, and I think Tennessee fans appreciate that uh, for sure. Um, but they're, they're, they are they're they hung with Alabama, and they had a lead on Alabama for the first time since 2015. Uh, they were the better team for the first quarter of that ball game. And they didn't look like Alabama was playing a completely different sport, which more often than not, it's looked like that. Um, and so Tennessee has been really interesting the first, and, and we'll see what they do uh, over the back half of the, of the season. They still have a uh, South Alabama team, um, a Vandy team, two wins that they should walk over. And then, of course, the Kentucky game after the bye week. Um, that's going to be a really, really huge game for them. That's when you can. That's when they've got an opportunity to say, "Oh, we really did something. We beat a really good Kentucky team." Well, and, and I think if they can beat Kentucky, which look the way they played against Alabama, they absolutely can. Yeah, they can, can play with Kentucky. Kentucky. So Kentucky's a really good team, but very beatable. Right. So if Tennessee can win that game, I mean that's that changes the trajectory of the season. Now, I, let me ask you this, David, because it looks like they're going to win six, and if they beat Kentucky, mm-hmm. seven is a, is a distinct possibility. Do you play in a bowl game to get that extra practice, or do you ban yourself from a bowl game to get ahead of whatever you're going to have to deal with later? So I, from what I understand, that is still not settled, which is wild to me. Um, who was it that banned themselves from the postseason like 
a few weeks before last year. Was it basketball LSU. or football? LSU. Was it LSU basketball that did it last no, year? No, LSU, LSU football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my understanding was that after the season started, that they were kind of waiting for the Constitutional Convention to happen and see what came out of that to get a feel for – Hey, if we don't impose, are we going to brace ourselves for? Well, I, listen, bad? I'm I'm the guy who said that they should dare Jeremy Pruitt to sue them, spill all the tea, and and ask the NCAA to come and investigate more because they can just run out the clock on the NCAA. Because by the time the NCAA would get done, the NCAA might not even be in charge of football anymore. So That's very possible. So I, at this point, I lean toward if you're going to go seven and five or six, just play the bowl game, take the practices, take the momentum, take it. Like, yeah, I, I, there's definitely been a lot of internal debate. Um, ultimately, Danny White makes that call. Uh, Chancellor Donnie Plowman has the veto power on what they do there. This lawsuit complicates things a little bit. Um, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, I believe Friday is the is the deadline for a settlement before uh, Jerry Pruitt's lawyer files this. We'll see. Um you know, I suppose to quote Lane Kiffin, get your popcorn ready, but um, we'll see. Uh, but Tennessee on the field, I don't think you could ask for for much better if you were a Tennessee I, oh, fan, this especially is, this looking is, at the roster. This is Best so case far scenario. ahead of yeah. This is so far ahead of what everybody expected from them. I mean, it's this. They are so much better than than anybody dreamed they would be this season. So the the three and nine Missouri scenario, where Missouri's living right now. That was on the table for this Tennessee team, and they have not done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Missouri, I think Missouri's the got defense. the crazy recruiting class. Like that, that's yeah, Missouri. That's one of those. That's one of those. We'll see in December where it ranks, but right now it looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Missouri, Missouri and South Carolina. We, we talked a little bit about them um, in the takeaways this week. I think more South Carolina. Uh, not great. Not great. Um, but Andy. Before we, uh, before we move on, my buddy Cheese had some more thoughts this week. <laughs> I do love Cheese. He is a longtime SEC devotee, Andy. And let me tell you something. He is sick and tired of Oklahoma right now. <laughs> Cannot wait for Oklahoma to join the SEC. And if they play like they played against Kansas, that the, the road is going to get a little tougher in the SEC. Uh the, has Cheese, the, the has Cheese watched grumbling. Caleb Williams play? Does he understand that if <laughs> if Oklahoma were to join the SEC in, say, 2023, that Caleb Williams will be a junior and still on Oklahoma's roster, except he'll be a two-year – he'll be a third-year starter by that point? Uh, I think I there's think, a lot I, of it. I think there's a lot of SEC fans who only watch Oklahoma when they're getting pasted by an SEC yeah. team in the playoff and not during the year. <laughs> well, last I checked, David, Oklahoma played an SEC team in a bowl game last year. It did not go well for the SEC team. So, well, okay, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to be SEC apologist guy, but that was like Florida light. I mean, no Pitts, no Tony, Diet no Florida. Trask. Yes, Diet Florida for sure. So that, I mean, whatever. I, I didn't take a lot from that. I think you could see that coming a mile away. Well, uh, but, but, but here's the thing. But the, the thought of I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma will be fine when they join the SEC. Yeah, the thought that Oklahoma will come in and struggle, they're not going to. They're going to be good. It, it's well, gonna it be, depends on your definition of struggle. If they, go, if they win 10 games and they can't win the league or get to Atlanta, 
uh, or Dallas, dare I say it, Andy, at some point. Uh, yeah. Well, if they can't get well, to the Houston. if they can't get the yeah. championship game in the first five years, I, I I would call that struggling if you're Oklahoma. I would. But I I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think within I don't five either. Years, I don't do either. That. I also I think I also think, remember. There's going to be a 12-team playoff by the by at some point there. By that's true. by 2026 at the latest, there will be a 12-team playoff, and they will make it a few times. Yeah, uh, Andy, we are a week away from the committee dropping their first rankings. Uh, so let's look at every team with a legit shot at the playoff in the SEC. We looked at Ole Miss, um, and it's pretty simple. For Ole Miss, uh, win out or you know you need a couple things. Uh, if you win out, you'll be in the mix. If you win out, Alabama loses, you beat Georgia, you're in, almost certainly. Alabama and Georgia have to win out. Well, Georgia, no, Georgia can lose. Georgia, Georgia can lose. Out. Yeah, Georgia can lose really any game that they want. Correct. <clears throat> Only one, but they can lose any of them. Yes. Alabama. Take care of business. They're not getting in if they lose to Georgia unless there's just total chaos. And even then, I think the committee would be really – I just don't see a scenario in which two-loss Alabama gets in. Now, here's an interesting scenario. What if Alabama loses the Iron Bowl but still mm-hmm. goes to Atlanta because Ole Miss loses to Auburn this weekend and, beats and then beats Georgia? Now that's that's where you get into well, what happened to Ohio State? What happened to Oregon? Is Wake yeah. still floating around? Cincinnati? Where is that? Where are they at? That's where you're sort of an unanswerable you, question. You know what I think? In, a, you know what I think in that situation would help that Alabama team. You know who their favorite team in the world might be? Western Michigan, because Pitt looks like the best team in the ACC right now. Let's say Pitt finishes twelve and one and wins the ACC. But no, their losses to Western I, I don't Michigan. buy it. No, I don't buy it. There's not enough quality wins in the ACC. A one, I'm telling you right now, save the outrage. A two-loss Alabama would get in over a one-loss pit. That's what I'm saying. That. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It, they, it doesn't matter. The one loss is to Western Michigan, which uh, will disqualify yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. That, that's, that's the, the problem that they face. Now, they yeah. could still get in as a one-loss ACC champ if some of the other stuff works yeah. out in their favor. But – in that comparison, if you got a two-loss Alabama that just beat that Georgia team, then they're gonna have they're gonna have a problem. But here's the thing: that two-loss Alabama that beats the Georgia team probably isn't getting in over a twelve and one Oregon. Yeah, probably isn't getting in over a twelve and one Ohio State. And mm-hmm. do they get in over a twelve and one Oklahoma? I I want to see what the committee does with Oklahoma. Because I have a sense that they are going to be a little, a little cool. On they will be pretty skeptical unless Oklahoma, unless Oklahoma hits the afterburner. Now, here's the thing. Oklahoma's still got to play Iowa State, and they still got to play Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. If they mm-hmm. thrash both they those teams. They need Oklahoma teams, State which, to keep winning, right, by the way. Right. If they thrash both those teams, which nothing we've seen so far suggests they will. But if they did, yeah. then. No conversation. Diff- it's it's mm-hmm. a different, different talk. But I don't, I don't yeah. think they're going to do that. I don't either. I still think Oklahoma drops a game. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but I think they will. Now, here's a conversation for you. There's only one other team in the SEC that has uh, an outside shot, but still a shot. Kentucky has both a blessing and a curse down the back half of their schedule. They have a win over Florida. That's really their only 
win mm-hmm. than to write home about. Mississippi State on the road uh, this weekend. Then you host Tennessee, two Vandy, New Mexico State, one of the worst uh, FBS teams, and then you go to Louisville. The good news, Andy, is twelve and one is within reach. No, the bad or, news is twelve and one is the or eleven and one. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me, eleven and one. The bad news uh, that's that's you're gonna need some nuclear chaos to slip right because you're you're blocked even by your Georgia because you cause need Georgia to lose twice, which is just not gonna happen. Um, well, and, and, and the thing is, they don't they don't have that marquee crossover win, like. Yes. Does Ole Miss really? But Ole Miss has the the Ole Miss has the strength of the SEC of the rest of the SEC West. Yes. That's that's mm-hmm. what helps Ole Miss. So and Auburn will look good. Arkansas will look good if Arkansas can keep winning and get back into the top twenty-five, which I I think they probably will. Um, by the end of the season, I think here's what I think fans miss sometimes. No one cares where teams were ranked when you played them. It's all the committee only cares about. In terms of top twenty-five wins, where are they that week? If you yeah. beat, this is what I'm saying. The Clemson win for Georgia, you know, it gonna it be does, they don't meaningful. need it. It doesn't matter, yeah. but it, it's not going to matter because Clemson's almost certainly not going to be in the top twenty-five in the committee. No, by 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 Maybe the, by the week of the SEC championship game, they might be Georgia's might best. Be. Georgia's best win before they play whoever the West champ is, but Georgia's mm-hmm. best win by that week will probably be Arkansas or Auburn. Yeah. Uh, but that's what matters is where are they on that week? Uh, not when you played them. So we'll see. Um, but I, you know, Kentucky, the path is, is, is narrow and requires a lot of chaos. Um, but this has been a season where we've seen a lot of chaos. So we'll see. Uh, but the concept, I mean, the, the, the upper crust of the SEC, Andy, I mean, we could have Georgia, Alabama. Let me, let me, let me correct myself. Georgia's best win will be Kentucky by the by the time of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Georgia, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Alabama could easily have, by season's end, a combi- by, by the time Atlanta gets around, three combined losses. Mm. Three 11-1 teams and a 12-1 team. Now, they should all knock on wood as I say that because we've seen <laughs> Weird some stuff weird stuff happens. happen. Yeah. But there's but if you just go by the Vegas numbers, it's going to be trending in that direction, and we'll see. Um, but uh, a good year for the top half of the SEC that doesn't even include Florida, doesn't really include Auburn, or include LSU, Texas, yeah, or LSU. We'll see what Texas A and M does. Um, if well, they can all right, up a let, let me throw this out for you. Games. What if A and M wins out, mm-hmm. and Auburn beats Alabama? Oh, <sighs> yeah. in Atlanta with a bunch of good wins. They'd have Ole Miss. They'd have Alabama. I mean, they'd, they'd have I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Well, and then if you beat, if you beat Georgia, I guess you're, you're probably right, Andy, a two win, a two win Texas A&M team, two loss, two loss. Excuse me. Uh, if they have all those wins on the wall, they're getting in. They are getting in. Uh, so, I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued. That's uh, this is is that is that not the 2012? What if there'd been a 14 playoff in 2012 scenario? Kinda, but that that A&M team kind of came out of nowhere. It was pretty obvious after they beat Alabama. This is one of the best teams in the country. But early on, it was first year Sumlin. Nobody knew who Johnny Football was. 
that nobody really knew what to expect from them in year one. First year in the SEC as well. Nobody was really paying them that much attention because they didn't that game get delayed for some reason, like a week or something. Why did they not play the Florida game? Was it a hurricane? Uh, no, it wasn't the Florida game. The Florida game was played as scheduled. The Louisiana Tech some season week opener, one game they got. did not play because of a hurricane. Oh, that's and, right. And, they didn't. And, and, that's and right. Remember, mm-hmm. they replayed it and it was a shootout. Texas A&M pro- now here's. This is what everybody I've talked to who was involved with that team says. Had that been played, because they had no idea what they had in Johnny football because you can't yeah. hit him at practice. So had they played those games as scheduled and in in La Tech had been first, they would have lost to La Tech and they would have beaten Florida. And that would have put them in Maybe. Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe. I do think, Andy, I've said this multiple times, if that Texas A&M team was in the Big 12, they would have been in the playoff as well. <laughs> 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 but they, they would have found a way to lose. Like that 2011 Texas A&M team was really, really talented, and yeah. just choked away games against Arkansas, against Oklahoma State. Like it just, it, it's with A&M, they can never quite put it all together for one whole season. Yeah, this was the year, Andy, uh, and they did not. They did not get it done. Uh, Andy, we updated. The SEC power rankings. I will give you a chance to yell at me if you see any that jump out to you. I will run them down uh, very briefly from the bottom to the top. Let me boot them up shortly. Uh, this is compelling. This is compelling air right now. Um, at the bottom, Andy, we have Vanderbilt. I'm assuming that's pretty straightforward. I, they have not looked good. Uh, number 13, Andy. Number 13. We have... Missouri. Missouri, South Carolina was close, but South Carolina has at least won a uh, uh, SEC game, albeit a narrow win over Vanderbilt. Missouri has gotten pasted, just like South Carolina has. South Carolina, number 12. 11, Mississippi State. 10, LSU, nine, Tennessee, a dangerous number nine, uh, number eight, Florida, number seven, Arkansas. Andy, we talked earlier in the season that some really good team was going to be last in the SEC West this year. Are you aware that Arkansas is currently last in the SEC West? I'm aware of that. And, you know, Arkansas. Surprising. Mississippi State might decide that. And look. Mississippi State beat NC State, which I realize NC State just lost to Miami, but NC State still might wind up. They're capable. Mm -hmm. NC State still might wind up in the ACC championship game. Mm -hmm. So it's that's the thing. This this is trending like 2010. Do you remember Mississippi State's a good example of this? In 2010, that was the Mississippi State team that had uh, like Fletcher Cox, and it was it was a pretty good Mm -hmm. roster. They finished fifth in the SEC West and fifteenth in the country. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, powder keg. Uh, number seven, yes, the last place in the SEC West, Arkansas Razorbacks. Number six, the uh, if you listen to football and grits, the playoff bound Texas A and M fighting Texas Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Number five, I had listen, Andy. I had to put them up here because that's just where they deserve to be. Auburn has not impressed me like once this year, but they 
They have they don't have any bad losses and they have like some decent wins and it's like you watch I don't know. them they Penn, don't see that dangerous. Penn State after to me. Penn State lost to Illinois, Penn State's looking like a pretty bad loss. I mean, you're in. It's not a bad loss. It's just like it's like a game you probably shouldn't have won. That 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 game you can play that game ten times and it probably looks very similar to that about six times. Well, all right. So here here's here's the deal on this with Auburn with Texas because somebody's going to yell about Auburn being above Texas A and M. They're going to play each other. It'll all just, it'll all solve itself. Yes, Don't yell. Yeah. Get over it. I think Texas A and M has a better roster, but A and M has accomplished you know more. They A and M like they deserve all the credit in the world for beating Alabama. They really do, but the first month of the half, the first month of the season, I'm sorry to tell you, did did happen. It did. It did. I don't know if anybody's watched Colorado recently, Andy. They're super bad. They're just fired their own line coach. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they're not good. Uh, number four, of course, we're getting into the upper crust. Kentucky felt pretty good about them there. Ole Miss, number three. Alabama, number two. Georgia, number one. Andy, do you agree with me that Alabama is the second best team in the country? No, Ohio State is. Ohio State. I will listen to Ohio State. Com- I will listen to Ohio State uh, arguments. Uh, it's close. I think. Uh, I think Alabama. I trust their defense a little bit more. I think Ohio State's tr- offense is a little bit better. I, was say, I, I trust. I trust really Ohio consistent. State at this point. Now that CJ Stroud kind of understands what sort of talent he's dealing with at receiver. Some like, of those throws he made against Indiana were unbelievable. Yeah, that ball I think, over the middle that he threw was ridiculous. I think he's just gotten comfortable, and he realizes, oh, my God, I have – this is where Mac Jones was last year, where Mac Jones is like, I have these amazing guys to, just, to work with. Yeah. I'm just going to let it fly, let it rip. It, 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 think about all the confidence that gives you to know yeah. that your guy's better than their guy at, yeah. in almost every case. Ohio State, this receiving group is the best receiving group that College Football has seen since the 2020 Alabama receiving group. I was going to say, since, <laughs> since, since nine months ago. Yes. <laughs> but, like, if you, if you were ranking the legitimately, if you were ranking, like, the five best receiving groups of the last Well, can we say, can years, we skate, just say, let's say skill I would say position. Let's just say skill talent, because I think. Travion Henderson in the mix. Travion yeah. Henderson needs yeah. to be, and Najee Harris needs yeah. to get. They both need to get the yeah. proper due. So, I would agree. They're up there. I mean, this is a, an Ohio State team with a lot of firepower. Um, but we've just—they seem to get a little clunky, a little more often than Al- I think. They're—they're they're, when they're rolling, they're better than Alabama offensively. But I think Alabama is more consistent. They're better up front. I think. Uh, well, and there's a there's a third and long in the Tennessee Alabama game. I think it's third and fifteen. It was when it was a seven point game late. And Bryce Young drops back to throw perfectly clean pocket, dime right down the middle. And it's like, okay, there's Alabama. They are announcing, hey, we realize we're not as perfect as we were last year. Still Alabama, though. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Uh, Andy, do you have any qualms with the with this week's power rankings across? No, I'm 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 fine with it. I I think you're in good shape. Like I said, the 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 logjam in the middle of the West will work itself out. Yeah, because they all play, and, and Ole Miss may move down. We we don't know because Ole Miss has to play Auburn, has to play Texas A and M, and I'm not discounting the Egg Bowl as a game Ole Miss can lose. Yeah, I yeah. think Mississippi State has been good this year, and that's their a defense five, can slow them down a little. That's bit. a five day mm-hmm. prep situation going into a game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, the Egg Bowl is always fun. Uh, I I think Ole Miss is is not significantly better than Texas A&M or Auburn or, uh, well, probably definitely Mississippi State uh, in terms of just pure roster. But I think they're the better team. Uh, but you got to prove it. And 
College football, the small sample size, Andy, it's a feature, not a bug. They don't play 162 games. Um, I would right. love it if they did. I don't think anyone else would. That sounds like a nightmare for the players. But <laughs> Poor players. <laughs> by, by about game 60, it would be uh, we'd be in the walk-on territory. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I might have gotten Andy, on the that, field. Yes, Andy, that will do it for this week's Football and Grits and Bourbon Street Steaks and Oreo Shakes and all of those <laughs> I look forward to that week. Uh, hopefully it comes soon. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to that opportunity. And, of course, obviously, we need a first person uh, because it's not – you're not going to have the, the, the viral clip of the Andy teaspoon gag on the mayonnaise that can become a gif. We need this chronicled, your mental state, not unlike – the famed Waffle House punishment. <laughs> so we need a blog is what you're season. saying. I, I need to know it. the mental state of a person who's on day five of eating solely Bourbon Street steaks and Oreo shakes. And and if at some point you have to mix a little bit of them together to give you a little bit of something oh, different. That's awful. I need, <laughs> oh. Here, I here's, need, the, now, here's the deal. Now that, that's if, what I need. If it didn't, If calories didn't matter, if I wasn't trying to, to lose some weight, and uh, it's working, by the way. So we started about a mm-hmm. month ago. I'm down 16 pounds. So I'm not going nice. to stop. That's hard to do during the I'm season. not going to stop mm-hmm. for a podcast stunt. So if, <laughs> calorie, if calories didn't matter, I think that would be pretty manageable. Like, yeah, you're going to feel bad because you're just eating a bunch of – even your steak is sugary. <laughs> so you're, you're going to feel bad because you're eating so much sugar. But I think you'd be all right. But if that is all you can eat, because like the, the way mine works out, I, I don't I don't know exactly how many calories are in a Bourbon Street, but but that's probably I'm guessing probably two k probably would be my probably guess. I probably could eat like half the Bourbon Street steak and have the Oreo shake, and that would be my entire day. So I just don't. Yeah. That would does be, it come that with size? Rough. Maybe you could vary the sides. Although maybe I, maybe for the, I mean, for the stunt st- you'd have to eliminate sides. Definitely get some steamed broccoli. You get some steamed broccoli, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, either way, these are these are questions for another day. Thank you guys for listening to this week's Football and Grits. For Andy Staples, I am your host, David Ubbin. And, of course, if you don't already subscribe to the show, you should do that. And uh, you can have the show delivered directly to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again next Monday for uh, more SEC talk. And, of course, subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.